your adrenal glands and the cortisol in your life keeps you alive. And if you've stressed your body out, so no longer those adrenal glands are putting any cortisol out, now your body's so smart, it's gonna go steal some progesterone from your sex hormone. It's gonna work its way up that pyramid. And it's gonna say, Mr. Progesterone, I need your help because you can turn into cortisol. And when it comes in and turns into cortisol to give you some energy and help you just get through life, all of a sudden it's not there to balance out estrogen. We need balance. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. Today I'm bringing you a recording of a live presentation I did here in the Phoenix area called Wine, Chocolate and Hormones. I gave the talk this title because for me, these three things are absolutely critical components to health and happiness. Well, at least in my life. We've talked about hormones a lot on this podcast, and this talk gives a great overview of how they work. In particular, I talk a lot about a pyramid, not the old food guide pyramid, but one that shows how different systems of the body work together, with those on the bottom being the foundation for those on the top. On the very bottom is the gut or the detox organs. Above that, are the adrenals, and then the thyroid, and finally the sex hormones. At the very, very tippy top is vitamin D. It sits up there and kind of runs the show. I'll explain how all of these things are connected and how you can improve your health, happiness, and hormones by focusing on gut health, stress management, exercise, nutrition, and appropriate hormone replacement. Our philosophy is a true partnership between our doctors, our healthcare providers, and ourselves. Because there are some things that we can do, and there are some things that our wellness partners can do for us. I can't wait anymore, so <laughs> please give a very warm welcome to the floor stage to not my new friend, Dr. Chris Wallace. <laughs> That was by far the coolest introduction I've ever had. So if you think I am really cool, it's only because Mindy said that. <laughs> it's a really cool thing. Thank you so much. But one of the most important things I heard from our last speaker that was so touching was that she was her own best advocate. And how many times do I tell my patients that? And how many times do I tell people that on social media? You are your best health advocate. So everything I'm gonna tell you about today, I want you just to pick something, pick one. Make it the most important thing. And make it a point to figure out what is that one thing I need to, to do? What can I do? And what am I gonna to learn today that's going to make my health the best it can be? One of the biggest reasons I do what I do is for 
really all of you women. I, I love you. I love women. It's amazing. We are amazing and we have great opportunities today to be the boss women we are and to be healthy and vibrant. Yes, that's my word, at no matter what age we are. Finally, the last thing, advice I've gotten recently, I got from my mom. It was amazing. She said when I decided I was going to go to medical school, and I actually started medical school when I was 45. So I finished when I was 50. I told my mom, I'm like, oh my God, mom, I'm going to be like 50 when I graduate from, from medical school. She's like, Chris, you're going to be 50 no matter what. So you might as well go to medical school. That's some excellent mom advice for all of us, I think. So I try to, try to keep that close at hand in my life. So life is really perfect until somebody takes away your wine chocolate or your hormones. And <laughs> this is 100% true. I'm a bit obsessed with wine. Of course I love chocolate. And hormones give us our vitality. So um, I think bringing them all together not only gives you a hook, Thank you very much for wanting to come in. Um, but it also reminds you that there's a lot of things in our lives that are really important. And, and I think that all three of these things might be just some of that. If you are thinking, why do I feel like my hair's falling out? Why do I feel like I'm going crazy? Why do I feel like I'm tired? Why am I hot? Why am I a little bit chubby around the middle that I never used to be? We can fix it all. And you can fix it all. I will be your helper and you will do the changes and it doesn't matter how old you are. And here's why. Everything changes as we grow, but if you are a perfect menstruating 18 year old, and I mean 18, because honestly when you were 18 you were pretty perfect and now, well, things change just a bit. But these change, this estradiol, the progesterone, the testosterone, the FSH, the LH, these are all players in your hormones. And I will say it about 20 times because I truly believe it. This is my struggle and this is our challenge is to create this balance at any age. Because when you are perimenopausal, this is like a roller coaster <laughs> and it is no fun. It is up and down and up and down and out of balance and we gotta just reel that puppy in. And when you're menopausal, it's like a flat line. <laughs> so we don't like that either. But it's easier to fix when it's a flat line. And we are always looking for that balance. Here's, you know, the funny thing is, when I graduated with my master's degree, it was now 1989. That's when I got a master's degree. And I started as a health educator, basically. My master's degree is in health psychology. This was the food guide pyramid. <laughs> That's what I used to teach people about food. And now it's my endocrine teachable moment pyramid. On the bottom, your gut, your digestive system. We have to keep it healthy and happy because a lot of stuff goes through there. And I'm going to tell you more about all these things in a moment. Your adrenals live on top of that. Your thyroid, your sex hormones, vitamin D. These are all the things we're going to talk about today. And these are all the things that you can help fix and I can help guide you. So talk about your midsection or gut. Leaky gut. Detox. These are my key words, right? These are all the things that we need to keep our gut or our middle section healthy. If we aren't pooping, it's a serious problem. So pooping is really important. Too much pooping, not good either. So it's all about the balance. And in our gut, our detox organs are gonna be primary for our hormones. 
If you're experiencing any of these sensitivities, or any of sense, I read my food sensitivities, which by the way, did you know that you can become more sensitive to foods as you get older? Have you noticed that? Oh my gosh. I can't even eat mussels anymore. It's my favorite. It was terrible. So here's what happens. In our gut, our body and our detox organs, they just kind of slow down. Your liver gets pretty clogged up, which is very disappointing for me and my really good friends. Um, because, you know, you just can't tolerate alcohol like you used to, right? You also get, as things become leaky, your histamines become dysregulated, and your body just decides, yeah, I don't like muscles anymore, or nope, I just don't like gluten anymore. When you were a kid, I did, but now I don't. So going in and fixing up some of these organs is very helpful. However, um, for your hormones, it's critical. So let's look at that connection. You detox via the gut and through your liver, and your hormones detox through your liver. So here's the thing. Perimenopausal women that come into my office. So perimenopause can be 10 years, <laughs> unfortunately. It can last a while. And it's up and it's down. Your estrogen's up, your progesterone's down, your testosterone's not around. And if your liver is not working the way it probably should be, you're not able to get rid of any of the extra estrogen. And now you have all these estrogen dominant symptoms, which we'll talk about in a minute. So that's a problem. Estrogen supports gut motility. Anyone, people come into my office, women come in all the time and say, well, I'm bloated. I've never been bloated. Why am I bloated? Why am I gaining weight? Because there are estrogen receptors in your gut running all along the intestinal tract. As soon as those estrogen receptors don't have estrogen in them anymore, they're very unhappy. And motility slows down. That means your intestines don't work as well as they used to, basically. You're not pushing the food through and you're not absorbing. So that's the connection. We have to keep that gut super healthy. And changes throughout our life will definitely affect that. Let's move forward to our adrenal glands. Those sit on the top of your kidneys. They're little. They look like walnuts. And they are critical for cortisol, your stress response, critical for sleep, critical for your immune system, your mood. How many of you remember, and probably the majority of you, well, I don't know, y'all look so young and vibrant to me, I can't tell, but I'd be still menstruating, which is fantastic. I have to remember. <laughs> so remember back to when um, you were having a regular menstrual cycle and all of a sudden you had finals in school or something very stressful was going on in your life. What happened to your period? It stopped or it was late. And was it light or heavy when you were really under a bunch of stress? Did you bleed a lot or a little? A lot. Why? Why did that happen? Because your adrenal glands and the cortisol in your life keeps you alive. And if you've stressed your body out, so no longer those adrenal glands are putting any cortisol out, now your body's so smart, it's going to go steal some progesterone from your sex hormone. It's going to work its way up that pyramid. And it's going to say, Mr. Progesterone, I don't know why I call it Mr. Mrs. Progesterone or Miss Progesterone. I need your help because you can turn into cortisol. And when it comes in and turns into cortisol to give you some energy and help you just get through life, all of a sudden it's not there to balance out estrogen. We need balance. So if you don't have progesterone, uh-oh, now you just build this giant lining in your uterus. You can't start your period because you don't have that drop in progesterone because you dropped it way too early and now you've got a heavy late period. That's how it's all related. And it gets more and more complicated as we get a little bit older. 
We've got to keep our stress levels under control. You're in charge of that. We can do that. Unfortunately, we usually experience many of these up and down and throughout our lives. Some of the ones that I think you may not realize are that energy, the low energy around three or four. But after dinner, all of a sudden, you're like, whoop, let's do it. Let's go. I'm not going to bed. I'm not going to go to bed till one. I'm just going to keep on going. That's, that's not really what you need. That's not appropriate. <laughs> that is adrenal fatigue, believe it or not. That is your stress response. When you get that spike right before bed, now you can't sleep. So that's a sign. We need to address our adrenals. Even hyperactivity, you know, you think about adrenal fatigue as being like wiped out. But have you ever experienced mania as adrenal fatigue? <laughs> I have. I'm going to admit I really like it. But it's not appropriate. <laughs> it's like having too much testosterone. It's really fun, but it's not good for your body. So those are some of those symptoms. Let's talk about your thyroid for a minute. How many of you have ever had your thyroid measured when you go to your primary care physician? All of you have. Probably all of you have. How many of you have come back and said, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, your, your thyroid's good. And you're like... Huh? Really? Yeah, it's not good. I, something's not good. I don't feel good. Thyroid is one of the most mismanaged poor little glands on our body. Hypothyroidism happens every time my day. That's when the thyroid's not working the way it should. Hashimoto's is, a little, is more of a genetic and or autoimmune disease. But low or a lazy thyroid is just the thyroid that's been trying to help out your adrenal glands because you're running like crazy and you're burnt out a little bit. It's just tired. You just have to help it. That's all we have to do. So that looks and feels a lot like weight gain and puffy, puffy all over. That's the thyroid. Don't blame the adrenals. That's your thyroid. The puffy all over, that's the big one. Hair loss and constipation also probably more thyroid than adrenals. And obviously the menstrual disruption, sometimes shortness of breath, that's another big one that people don't realize, and anxiety. Anybody ever have anxiety? Oh, yeah, just a little bit of that. Yeah, oh, just a little bit, just take a deep breath. That really helps a lot, but I would say thyroid's probably your biggest, biggest one, culprit in this one. When you go to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that later, but functional medicine docs are MD trained and then they go learn what we know. <laughs> so we like them. Um, typically, <laughs> we will measure TSH, T3, and T4Y. You don't have to know all this, but I will tell you because you have to be your own best advocate. If you see a lab on yourself and you're not seeing at least those three things, you didn't get what you needed. You need to know these things because the TSH isn't good representative of your thyroid. Your T4 isn't necessarily either. T3 is where your energy is coming from. That's what you need to know. So be your own best health advocate. Write it down. Those things should be on my lab report the next time I go to the doctor. So most often we need help either making more T4 or we need to convert it things that affect your thyroid. If you're not eating right, which 90% of us are not eating the best things for our body most of the time. Chocolate and wine are totally allowed though, so that's good. Um, or stress, environmental toxins, general aging. Pregnancy really affects the thyroid. So 
I see many patients postnatally, after they've had babies within that first year, that their thyroid is just kind of really, really out of whack. Why? Well, because you tried to grow a life in your body and you did that, so that <laughs> happened. So your body's like, can I have a minute, please? Yeah. But other things that make you poor converters mostly are stress. I will tell you what, that is not a good thing. Remember cortisol is hooked to the stress? Maybe write that down into the one thing you learned today. Okay, so we talked about evaluating. We talked about evaluating those thyroid. Adrenal glands can be evaluated. We can do look at your cortisol in your labs, in your serum. We can do um, saliva testing. You can do urine testing. There's a lot of ways to look at your cortisol. Um, depends on your doctor and their preference. Look at these nutrients that are good for your adrenals. Vitamin C, vitamin D, all the Bs, the mag, the omegas, the herbs, ashwagandha, cordyceps mushroom. Yeah, listen to my one pot. Oh, by the way, I, I love that Mindy mentioned my son. Of course, he was part of the inspiration for going to medical school, but he's now my podcast producer too. So, isn't that cute? I know. You can tell you're all moms, but he's so cute and I love him so much. But he's like, we got to do a thing on mushrooms, mom. Everybody's talking about functional mushrooms. So cordyceps is a big one for that. Rhodiola is my other really big favorite, favorite, favorite herb for adrenals. And we can definitely talk more about that one-on-one. -on -one. And I told you already, when you talk about evaluating the thyroid, how to do that, but look at your nutrients. Selenium, iodine, B vitamins. De-stress, go for a walk, take a breath. That's gonna save your thyroid, 100%, okay? Replacement of your thyroid, controversial. There's a lot of ways to do that. Synthetic, glandular, I'm obviously gonna like glandular, so it's more natural, more what your body wants to see. There we go, now we can talk about your hormones. It's time, yay! If, if I didn't talk about those other supporting characters first, I wouldn't be doing your orchestra well. I see a lot of patients in my office that come to me from clinics that are pretty much called hormone this or hormone that or, you know, I don't even know. There's weird names for them. But there's a lot of other stuff that goes on with the hormones besides just the, them. But let's talk about them. So we're living longer, but our hormones aren't coming along with us. So we're going to have to figure out how to do this. If we're still cycling, we have estrogen dominance and PCOS. I have women in, in their 40s that come out, I've never had to use all this protection. And now they're like, why do I have to use all that? I'm like, oh, it's because your progesterone took a dive and now we just have estrogen left over. Because when you talk about exiting the body, testosterone leaves when you're 35. It's too bad, and you know it. You know what? You don't notice it when you're 35 or 40 because you're too dang busy. But by the time you're 45, you're like, holy moly, what happened to my libido? I haven't, no, I got nothing in me. Well, that's because your testosterone left about, you know, 10 years ago and you didn't notice it. But your <laughs> progesterone, your progesterone starts to leave at about age 40, 45. So that's why you get too much estrogen. You've never been estrogen dominant your whole life. And now all of a sudden you're like, look, I just feel grody. PCOS usually is the picture of too much estrogen as well. So if you look at Pre and post menopause, just like I said, that high estrogen we already saw, but low estrogen, well, I would say, you know, hot flashes get a lot of attention, but I don't see it as much as I see some of the other low, low estrogen is anxiety, 100%. It's terrible. It's the worst thing. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough 
wasn't that convenient that I started medical school when I was 45, still having a regular period, and then I like to, I just kind of went through perimenopause and menopause when I could just treat myself. It was like, this is great, I love this. So I have to say, I didn't really have a lot of hot flashes, night sweats, I didn't have some of those normal things, but damn, the anxiety's bad. Like, if you get just off slightly on the estrogen, it's not a good thing, girls. We don't want this. So, also the urinary incontinence. Whew, you can talk to me or maybe Angela or some of the other girls in here that have had their vajayjays fixed up. You can get a lot of incontinence, and those areas get a little wrong. <laughs> Low progesterone. I call progesterone the... It's like a nice warm hug. Progesterone does decrease anxiety, so now you have your anxiety because you're low in estrogen and you don't have any progesterone at all. So that is a problem, and sleep. Sleep's the number one thing. When your sleep starts to get dysregulated at about age 45, 42, 45, 46, it's because your progesterone started to leave the building. Get your heavy period, now you can't sleep. You have little moments of anxiety, but not a lot. Little highs and lows. That's because now we don't have progesterone. That's those symptoms. And then finally, I think I, I kind of iterated to you quite a bit about what, what low testosterone feels like, but you know, low testosterone, there's just blah. I am not motivated anymore. I got nothing. Or I have no libido and I haven't had it for the last two years. I don't know where it went, just left, I don't know. Or <laughs> uh, I just can't get to the gym. Like, we, women always want me to fix their hormones so I can help with your weight, and, and it can. It will help your weight regulate again because let me tell you, estrogen is very important in fat metabolism. So as estrogen starts to deplete, you've lost one of your big metabolites for your body. That's a problem. So testosterone can help, but it mostly helps by just getting your butt out of bed and getting to the gym. It gives you the motivation and helps build muscle tone again. So if you don't have muscle tone, you can't keep that metabolism elevated. So that's about our testosterone. Those are all the things we can do. If you're seriously asking, why should I replace these things, here's why. Now all those things matter because your life matters and you, you want to feel like yourself again. The number one thing, I just don't feel like me, remember, we want to feel like yourself again. But there are serious health repercussions from losing our hormones. We used to die when we were like 50, so we really didn't need hormones. But now we are productive women. We have, we have careers, we contribute to our community, we have kids when we're older, so now we have kids in college when we're like, I don't know, 60 maybe, <laughs> um, at this point in my life probably, but it's okay because we are replacing these hormones that are necessary to our body. Estrogen is primarily responsible for keeping your bones healthy, your brain healthy. This incidence of Alzheimer's and dementia is incredibly decreased when we have estrogen levels on board. Estrogen produces collagen everywhere. So everywhere, your face, your, your legs, your arm, notice everything's covered up. Mommy, right now, it's all covered. <laughs> um, your vaginal canal needs collagen, all those kinds of things. Um, also decreases the risk of colon cancer and a lot of studies have been done that it is anti-cancer anti for many parts of your body. Helps with hair growth and lots more. Progesterone balances estrogen, super lowers your blood pressure. A lot of women come in perimenopausal, your blood pressure's increased. Like why, I've, I've never had that. My blood pressure's like 100 over 60 all the time. Now all of a sudden it's, it's up. 
That's what progesterone does for us. It's a natural antidepressant. It's also anti-inflammatory. Primarily, it protects and decreases the risk of breast and uterine cancer. So if we are replacing estrogen, we are replacing progesterone no matter what. We'll talk a little bit more about that in one minute. Why should you replace testosterone? I don't know. You want to have fun? <laughs> then you probably should replace your testosterone. That's all I got to say. Now, it does have legit reasons for replacing it. Um, actually, there's been some really great studies out recently that have said when we replace estrogen, if we replace testosterone at the same time, it is protective against forms of cancer, especially breast cancer. So we always want to keep ourselves well and protected as best we can. Um, it also gives us gumption. And in my world, gumption's good. You want to have that motivation. You want to have that drive. Um, and building the muscle tissue is great. How many of you have a regular exercise routine? Okay, everybody raise your hand, just fake it. Okay, good, that's good. So if you have a regular exercise routine and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just can't do it or I don't feel good, adding testosterone into that regular exercise routine will make you feel like a million bucks when you're doing your workouts because it gives you that extra blood flow. It dilates the blood vessels and, and takes it to the next level for the muscles. It's all good. Bioidentical versus non-bioidentical hormones. This is a really, really big thing. And I know the, the one thing that everybody comes to my office is like, okay, well, I, you've told me I, I, I'm good, I'm in. Replace my hormones, amen, sister, let's do this. But I've heard bad things and I'm not sure. And normal, you should. You Remember, you're your best health advocate. You should ask questions all the time, 100%. There are, and you know, what we were talking about right before I came up um, in Melinda's talk is, you know, yeah, it's a one in eight chance of breast cancer for everybody just sitting here. It is a one in three for everybody for reoccurrence. These are, these are statistics. Sometimes it's higher if you have certain genetic markers like the BRCA gene, but believe it or not, your chances of breast cancer without hormone replacement actually increase for reoccurrence later in life. So the reason the numbers are higher after 50 in breast cancer is not because we're replacing hormones, it's mostly in the women that haven't had hormones replaced. There's research that tells us that the tumor-fighting cells um, at the peak of the estradiol and progesterone in the menstrual cycle, those tumor-fighting cells are actually more active. So this is really good and exciting information for us, but I want you to see that WHI 2002, that's the study that was just debacle for the whole, for us, for women. It literally brought us down. And there's a book called Estrogen Matters, and it takes down step-by-step step why it matters and talks a lot about these studies. But the WHI study used, used conjugated equine estrogens, which are not bioidentical. It's basically horse urine, took from the mare when she was pregnant. How many of you want to put that in your body? Well, not me. Don't want to do that. They gave it to women that volunteered, God bless them, and they didn't give them any progesterone. They gave them progestin, which we know progestin right now, which is not bioidentical, is dangerous in almost all forms, which is, by the way, what's in birth control pills. Oh, so oh, birth control pills are fantastic for doing what they do. Control birth, basically. They stop ovulation. For any other reason, it's a no. We're not doing that. It's not, it's not ideal, okay? So... Progestins were the, were the bad guy, they're not good. When they did the studies, they gave women 
different kinds of forms of hormones and they would do them different ways orally, which we don't ever do for estrogen. So there's a lot, a lot of details that went into those studies that we know now do not apply to anything that we do. Not one, not one bet, which is good. So when we evaluate for hormones, we can look at urine, we can look at spit, or we can look at blood, basically. We, I, most of the docs at my practice, almost always look at the blood. One reason is because your insurance is going to pay for it. It's going to be less expensive for you. And it's also going to give you the, probably the best readout at this point. But there are ways to, other ways to look at that. We can use oral replacement. Now remember, never, 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 ever, ever replace your estrogen orally. If you're taking an oral estrogen right now, let's just talk later. That's where it has to go through the liver, and that's where we're going to get some of those negative effects of estrogen. We can replace, though, orally progesterone, which is always done. Do it at night. You'll have the best night's sleep of your entire life. It feels so good. So obviously, at nighttime for progesterone, or we can do it another way. We can do testosterone orally. Creams are effective for many people. They do transfer to pets and other people in your family. So you want to be careful with your creams. And you definitely don't want to give your husband estrogen. It's a very bad, it's a bad look. Very bad. A crying husband that has man boobs is not attractive for anybody. So don't do that. Don't do it. Injections for testosterone work great, kind of great in men. And I don't love them for women. If you gotta do it, you gotta do it. But I don't like it, it creates a spike. So you get this, woo, I'm really high, well let's do this, let's go, woohoo, and then it drops. And then it's up and it's down. It doesn't quite give us the benefits that we need and a lot of the research hasn't been done on, in, on, on injections for women as it has been for pellets, which is the last one. Pellets are, look like a little tic-tac, make a little incision in your booty, put it in there, sits in there for three months. What's nice about that, don't make that weird face when I say little shit. <laughs> Don't make it. It doesn't hurt. I'm really good. I can do it in like five minutes. Um, what's really good about pellets, it's, it's in and you're, it's done. It's three months. It sits there and it will dissolve over the three months time. So it dissolves with cardiac output. In other words, every time your heart beats and the blood passes by the pellet, it picks it up. And your body's like, oh, I know that's a hormone because it's in the bloodstream and that's what I'm supposed to see. So it's the best way to replace hormones really to get the best effect of what your body is used to. And I used to, I used to not say, we make a little slit, we just say, put it in your booty and everybody's like, you put it in your butt? I'm like, no, 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 it's not, that's not what it is. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a little procedure, it's not, it's not that. I, I, we, do, we do treat men at my office. I treat men, and I've said that to guys before. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good and okay. And then you tell them you actually are going to make a little cut. And I lose so many men when I'm trying to put pellets in their booties because they are passing out, and they're white, and they're sweaty, and oh, my word. Total babies. Complete babies. Oh, and then they complain, it hurts, like, for, for a week after. I'm sorry, guys. I know there's a couple in the room. Okay. <laughs> just a couple things, just to give you an idea. Couple, people in all ages, all stages, this 42-year-old happens to be one of my best friends, and she's not 42 anymore. She actually is, like, 50 now. So anyway. Um, but 
she was having all the, all the things, the hot flashes, the weight gain, went to her regular physician, like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, you're, you're fine. This is pre-ovarian failure. Basically, she was heading into menopause early, and nobody was recognizing that for her. So we looked at her, we started her on a cream. A lot of times in perimenopause, because you have this up-down, we can't use pellets because we can't give you something that's ongoing. But we can give you a cream, and guess what? I trust you. You're my patient. We've talked about it. You know how you feel. Put a little cream on your wrist if you're feeling anxious and you haven't had a good night's sleep. And then if you have a period, go, well, all right, I'm not going to use my creams for a little bit now. You can learn how to do this. We can pellet your testosterone because, trust me, honey, you're not making any more testosterone. It's over. The ship sailed a long time ago. So, but creams will help you in the transition. After she got better, she started feeling better once we, and gave her some sleep for sure with her progesterone. And eventually she eased into menopause. And so we took care of that. This next one, um, <laughs> skip over her. She's good. We gave her creams and then, then we gave her pellets and she was great. But I love her, her husband. I don't care what it costs, just fix it. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many, you know, you come in for a pellet, it's $350, right? So it's not like a, it's not like cheap, but you come in, it's a lot, like for three months. And I never, never, ever have I ever had a woman say, well, my husband said I really need to watch the budget here, or, or I need to watch the budget. It's like, no, no, just get it in. I'm good. Um, but, you know, a migraine headaches, right after, his, after a hysterectomy. This woman had headaches for two years after her hysterectomy. Nobody did anything about it. Like she told her PCP. She told everybody. Nobody fixed it. All we had to do is put some estrogen in her, give her some progesterone, done. Headaches stopped completely. That recently happened to me again with a woman who is 48 years old and still was on a birth control pill. That's a mistake. So that was mistake number one. Mistake number two is she was having daily headaches. So we took the, her off that, put her on some cream to get her started. Headaches were completely gone. At the bottom, I have a young male, 40, low testosterone. <laughs> he was getting fat, and he had a lot of high cardiovascular risk factors. So gave him testosterone. He was 100% better, which is kind of annoying because guys always get better so fast. But that's okay. <laughs> anyway, what can you do? Start a detox. If you want to know about those, let me know. Take care of your adrenals and your thyroid. Manage your stress. Exercise, please, 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 about six times a week. I know that's a lot. It doesn't have to be a ton. 180 minus your age is the new norm. Do that. Eat lots of veggies. Be clean. Drink caffeine. No, just kidding. Decrease caffeine and alcohol as best you can, but a little's okay because you have to smile. You have to have fun, and you have to spend time with your friends and family. So get some sleep. Have some fun. If you have more questions, we're going to be drinking wine and eating chocolate after the break, so it's going to be super great, and I have a lot of really fun questions. Thank you. You're awesome.